Here at the start of 2023, we are renewing our vows to one another in the church. In our membership vows, we pledge to be loyal to Christ and to do all in our power to strengthen the ministries of the church through our prayers, our presence, our gifts, service, and witness. In this message, I'd like to offer some thoughts in that second part of our covenant, presence. At the most basic level, this means being physically present in the life of the church, to participate in worship, to get real in a small group, and to serve others, all as part of what it means to follow Jesus. Presence means we show up for each other. Presence means we experience grace through each other. Several years ago, I walked into our Cup of Hope during a session of our YES group, which stands for Young Enough to Serve. Gene Vaughn was teaching that day, and he was using this sign as part of his lesson. Grace happens here. This is our goal. It is the power of presence. By committing to this promise, we accept the high calling to be present for one another in a way that represents Christ's presence for us. The good news is the grace that is needed for those relationships has already been given to us. Community is not something we create, it is something we participate in. It comes from the very heart of God himself and is seen most clearly in Christ. Colossians tells us what this kind of community looks like. And spoiler alert, it looks like Christ. Compassionate, kind, humble, forgiving, full of gratitude and generosity and unity and joy. The early Methodists called this kind of community watching over one another in love. Listen to how the message paraphrases Colossians 3, 15 through 17. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. And cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing, sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words and actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. At Broadway, we live out this Christ-centered life together using three words as our guide. Invite, grow, and serve. This mission flows into our vision. We dream of a contagious community of hospitality where all people are welcomed into a community of faith we dream of a life-giving community of growth where hurts are healed and faith is restored and people become fully alive. And we dream of a selfless community of action that extends hope into our city and world. How are we doing in living into this mission and this vision? Well, this message will serve as a sort of state of the church address. We're going to look at some things that give us some indicators about where we are in our life together, how we're doing, how healthy we are as a church. We're going to look at some of the things that we have coming up that will give us a sense of where we're going. And I want to give you a sense of what kind of church we will be in the future, the kind of church we've always been and how we'll live into the future, living into our mission and our vision and our values. So let's consider how we're living out our mission. Back in September of 2022, we engaged a congregational assessment tool, CAT for short, to check in on our health as a church. That assessment showed that we're a healthy church. Our congregation is highly satisfied with 
which means overall people feel a sense of peace about how things are. Our congregation is highly energized, meaning we have a strong sense of purpose that is shared and we are willing to put forth the effort that it takes to accomplish our mission. And perhaps most importantly, our, our congregation is highly adaptable, meaning we're willing to be flexible and do whatever it takes to live out our mission together. We have often called this part of our DNA Broadway's pioneering spirit. So if you take all of that together, we're considered a transformational church, a church that has a distinctive mission, a church that looks beyond its own walls to serve the community, and a church that has a healthy culture that is worth replicating. Now that cat revealed what we probably all feel. The past three years have been a time of real transition in our church and really churches everywhere and in society at large. All of us in some way or another are doing the work of grieving some losses and doing the work of trying to figure out where we are and where we're headed and what to do now. In 2022, we began to see some stability and some new things emerging as we lived into this season. A lot of new people have come to Broadway during this time. Our congregational assessment showed that those people are joining our mission and that the new folks are off the charts in readiness for ministry. This is a great sign of hope. Last year, we averaged 770 people in worship attendance. From August forward, that average was 857, and that's up from 624 the first couple months of the year. And that means our average attendance from the start of the year to the end of the year increased by 230 people. Last year, 85 people joined our church, and 31 people were baptized. Our early learning center got creative and continued serving families and children during the pandemic, and it's now back at full capacity once more this year with 214 students. We could have more classes if we had more space. In 2022, we renovated our Melrose Campus Ministry and Activity Center to help create a more participa participatory experience in worship. We also renovated our Greenwood Campus Fellowship House, which welcomes, among other things, our newly formed Greenwood Campus Youth Group, just one sign of our health at Greenwood, along with a lot of kids and a strong sense of community. Last fall, our Pathway Ministry also moved out to Greenwood and meets there on Sundays at 6 p.m. In 2022, we restructured our staff around discipleship teams to help ensure everyone is known and nurtured in faith. For years, we've built community church-wide in many ways, and now there is a discipleship pastor for the room where you worship with the people you are worshiping with so that grace happens in closer networks of community. Small groups continue to be the lifeblood of our church, and we have started a lot of new small groups in the last few years, and we're committed to starting new groups and equipping existing groups twice a year during our regroup sessions. Our next session will start on Wednesday night, January 25th, for a study called Relationship Matters. And that topic is carefully chosen. In many ways, all of our important relationships have been strained over the past few years. And so we're going to go back to the basics to provide basic tools and skills, a reminder of how we are called to love our neighbor, and to really give us some ways to, to do that. I'd like to share some information with you about your giving to our church. Last year, you gave $1,646,000 to our ministry. 
And you see here where those resources go. Through your giving, you provide the infrastructure, the buildings, the technology, the systems that are necessary for the ministry of our church to thrive. You support our partnerships with local schools and the Foundry and the Housing Authority and Hotel Inc., Ashley and Justin Guest, and more. In addition to what is budgeted, so what you don't see in that graph, last year our church gave over $195,000 to our community and beyond. Through your giving, you provide the opportunity for over 200 children and youth to be known and nurtured in their faith. You help create eight engaging worship experiences that invite people to come fully alive through a relationship with Christ. You make it possible for adults to connect in life-giving community, to receive care, and to grow in their love of God and others through small group opportunities. And you join the United Methodists that are around the world as we make disciples of Jesus for the transformation of that world. As you might guess, the last few years have presented some challenges, and that includes challenges financially. And yet, through wise financial management over many years, we have been able to withstand the most negative impacts of those challenges. We have, over time, eliminated debt and have avoided excessive debt, and we have managed our expenses pretty strictly. One way we've kept expenses low is by not filling some of our open staff positions. We entered 2019 with 28 full and part-time staff. We currently have 20 on the church side of things, not counting our early learning center. So we are about 70% of our pre-COVID staff capacity. We've also worked to keep our ministry budgets lean, and they're pretty lean. And so the work done to not spend uh, and to conserve has kept us financially healthy over many years. And that, through the last few years, is simply remarkable. I want to thank everyone who has been involved in that work. And we should celebrate that we have, in many ways, survived. But in the years ahead, I hope we will do more than survive. We're going to need to re-strengthen our budget. We're going to need to address capital needs. And we're going to need to refill staff positions. We're going to need to dream about where things are headed and break out of survival mode and continue to thrive moving forward. So we have budgeted in 2023 to rehire some positions, two and a half positions in our children's ministry especially, and we're actively involved in filling those positions with Pastor Lewis moving into the children's pastor role last year and with the hope that we'll have the other positions hired by February 1st so that our children's ministry will continue to be dynamic and central to our mission. We also will need to be thinking about expanding our ministry in the most strategic areas. We could and we should expand our early learning center. There are needs uh, for childcare everywhere you look. And at the same time, we could expand our Greenwood campus and maybe the two work together. I also dream of the day when we have a designated space for our youth and more classrooms for our adults to meet on Sunday morning and a full staff will allow us to equip more of you for ministry, multiplying our impact. Last year, 577 individuals or family units gave to our ministry. We simply could not do what we do without that kind of generosity from our people. Everything we do is built on the grace of that kind of giving, and it is a remarkable and wonderful partnership.
Now let's look at just a few of the things that are coming up in the year ahead. In the next year, we're going to pray. I'm asking you to join our Breakthrough Prayer Initiative by praying together the prayer that we handed out in worship on January 8th, and which is available in our welcome areas. We want to pray together with the same desire to be open to God and His fullest possibilities for us and our church. Our confirmation class begins January 22nd and will culminate on Confirmation Sunday, March 5th. Confirmation is a chance for our whole church to come around our young people and their families through prayers and signs of encouragement as they claim their own faith and commit to following Christ. Our Ash Wednesday service will be February 22nd. seems like we just did Christmas, but February 22nd at 6.45 in the Melrose Sanctuary will be the start of the season of Lent leading up to our Easter celebration, Sunday, April 9th, which will be held at Melrose and Greenwood campuses this year. Vacation Bible School will be June 19 through 21. Our youth group will be traveling on two mission trips this year. Our senior high will be serving in Bayou Labatry on June 4 through 9. And our junior high will travel to Indianapolis June 11 through 16. We'll host a mission trip to Stockton, California, in partnership with missionaries Ashley and Justin Guest in July. And I will be leading a trip to the Holy Land, October 2nd through 11th. And you can email me to find more details about that. Finally, I'd like to say just a few words about the kind of church that we are becoming. And it really is just a clarification of the kind of church we've always been. In the future, we will be an open, even more welcoming church. We believe that the love of Christ lived out in relationships is how the gospel is taken from the conceptual and how it's made real. Grace happens here, and people should feel the difference the moment they walk through our doors. We must find ways to extend that hospitality, that grace, in new ways and into new groups of people, our international community, our young adults, those who have given up on the church, in the future, our church is going to look more diverse simply because it will reflect the rich fabric of our community and because we will have invited them. And it will be a preview of the barrier-breaking realities of heaven. In the future, we're going to continue to serve children and youth and families. We'll continue to provide strong Sunday morning programming and small groups and an entire pathway for discipleship from birth on. We will also figure out how to serve families who have a lot of demands on their hectic schedules. My own kids grew up in the time when travel sports and the explosion of all the possible enrichment activities sort of just got almost out of hand. And early on, early on in that, I sought advice from Pastor Joe about how to balance all of this. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, Adam, you realize you're the parent and you get to decide where your kids spend their time. It was the most obvious thing but he helped me realize that the kind of team that we chose and the kind of commitments that we made, those were, those were my decisions. It wasn't out of my hands. I was the one who got to set the boundaries and the priorities. Our family decided that as best we could, we would miss no more than one Sunday a month for travel sports. And my kids have competed in the highest levels, both in the state and nationally. And we have raised them in the church. I want you to know it can be done. And I want you to know that we're going to help you figure out how. 
In the future, we're going to continue to work in our community, identifying needs and serving in transformative ways. We have carved out a niche and built a network of relationships that help us serve in truly transformative ways. In the future, we're also going to become very intentional about leadership development. The church of the future will be a movement of lay people. We're going to always need staff and pastors, but we will see our role more and more as equipping you to understand and claim your particular gifts and talents, to give you real tools and equip you to serve as leaders inside our walls and out. And we will be who we have always been theologically in the future. The Methodist movement, the Methodist spiritual renewal movement has so much to offer our time. That movement, that renewal movement in the church began in the 1700s. And, and that was also a time of religious and political division. It's remarkable the parallels. Many regular people at that time had given up on the church which didn't always represent Christ, and there was a lot of infighting. And so we began as a movement that brought people back together. We invited people to follow Christ by living out their faith in community and to use the means of grace. And rather than focusing on what we disagree on, our focus has always been on simply having a real lived faith, to be a real Christian. John Wesley wrote these words in a sermon in 1771. Though we cannot think alike, may we not love alike? May we not be of one heart, though we are not of one opinion? Without a doubt, we may. In this, all the children of God may unite, even though they retain these smaller differences. These remaining as they are, they may help one another increase in love and in good works. As we move forward, we too will be a spiritual renewal movement, a revolution of Christ's love, transforming people and transforming society. Our movement brings a rich theology to this revolution. Our understanding of grace is powerful. It is dynamic. From the moment that God calls us before we even know who God is to the moment that God transforms us and saves us and then changes us over time to be like Christ. We believe and have always believed that faith is something that's lived out in community, in communities of belonging, that that network of relationships is not something to the side of the gospel, but at the very heart of it. We believe and have always believed that faith is lived out in selfless service, and that is our primary witness to Christ. Our church has been and always will be a church for thinking people, a place where it's okay to ask questions, a place where we will figure out how to be faithful together. We will never align around one particular social issue. We will always point to Christ and ask how can we participate in that together and look to scripture and then to the tradition of the church and to reason and also to our own experience of the Holy Spirit. As we continue to point to Christ's power and presence among us, we will prayerfully discern God's will for our church and for our lives and for our world. And that is the power of presence, the Holy Spirit living in a group of ordinary people like us. And by committing to this promise to be present, we accept the high calling to represent Christ 
in those relationships, to be present to one another the way Christ was present for us. The good news is the grace that's needed for that has already been given to us. And so as you watch over one another in love, as you pray for each other, as you know each other's stories, as you serve Christ, as you become fully alive and become a living reminder of Jesus, we can be sure people will continue to say, grace happens.